Hey, this is Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have the blonde demon, Sydney Ross, on the show today. She is getting ready for a fight March 14th for 247 Fighting Championships held at the Princecape Arena at Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Sydney, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So great to have you on the show. You have fought once before for 247 Fighting Championship. Kind of recap that fight for us. It was a great win for you, so recap that fight for us. Uh, it was Brawl in the Bird's second show. It was this summer, uh, July. My opponent had the same record as me. She was a really good grappler. Both of her wins were by first-round submission. Uh, I think they were both chokes, if I remember correctly. So my game plan was kind of to go in there. I'm actually a brown belt in jiu-jitsu myself, mm. so I wasn't nervous to go on the ground with her necessarily. I just decided, uh, because I'm so well-rounded, that if I could keep the fight on the feet, I would pretty much guarantee myself winning, not even give her a chance. And if I remember right, you used ground and pound the advanced amateur rules to your advantage, correct? Yes, I uh, dropped her with my left hand, and then I just kind of finished it from there with the ground and pound. And what's that like, being an amateur in Pennsylvania and now becoming an advanced amateur where you can do close fist strikes to the head on the ground? What's that, what's that difference like to you? Um, I really don't remember because my first two fights were in PA with the shin guards and then my third fight, which would have been the last amateur rules, I was in Ohio, so there the rules are a little different there. And then I fought in Virginia twice, which is pro rules. Gotcha. So, so you've had a lot of the pro rules or advanced amateur experience. Um, well, that's wonderful, and that's actually something that kind of goes against Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has three levels of rules, full amateur, advanced amateur, and pro. And sometimes people complain that, you know, people go to Virginia or Ohio and get experience like you did, which is wonderful. And then they're more adapt. Uh, do you remember any style changing between, if you go back to your, right after your second amateur fight, do you remember having to adjust to anything? Uh, my third fight going in, I was really nervous for the shin-to-shin -shin contact. I got in there, though, and I checked that first kick. The girl I fought was a kickboxer. She's a really talented kickboxer, uh, Alyssa Lindusky. She's a really um, successful amateur. I don't know if she's gone pro yet, but she's been really successful, really good record. Um, she was a really talented kickboxer, and I went and checked that first kick, and it 
didn't hurt at all. It felt fine. You you so train our gorilla house with with Cam Algar, right? Cam, Ethan, and Sheldon, yes. Yeah, yes. Well, I was talking. I was talking. I bring him up because I was talking to Cam about his upcoming fight, which will be his last one at Amateur Rules, and he specifically said that he's not looking forward. He wants the advanced amateur rules because of ground and pound and all those things, but he's not looking forward to shin to shin contact. So it's interesting to hear you say that your shin to shin contact experience went very well for the first for the first time, and now you no longer think about it. So you might want to throw it out to Cam for when. When, when he goes shinless, but shin guardless, but I just thought that was funny. Talk to us a little bit about your gym and your training. And obviously you're coming out from Altoona and you're coming out with another fighter and you have Ethan, who's a pro fighter. What's that like training out of that gym? Yeah, we have a lot of talent, uh, despite being a really small town. Our coach, Darren Cassidy, his son is actually wrestling for state wrestling states right now. He's about the same weight class as me. He won third last year, and he's hoping to win the win it this year. So we have some, and then Ethan wrestled, Cam wrestles, obviously, a lot of really talented wrestlers. We have other wrestlers too that um, we haven't quite gotten their striking up to speed for taking MMA mm. fights yet. We have a lot of talented grapplers, a lot of talented strikers, boxing, kickboxing programs, uh, a lot of women especially with undefeated muay thai records that i get to mm. train with as well as kaden darren's son the um wrestler hoping he wins states this year we're rooting for him well, that's quite yeah, the depth of, of the that's the depth of the gym and, and something that's cool that i don't know if everybody thinks of this when i think of mma is that you really do need that number of variety people that are focusing on wrestling people that are going like in high school level going to states people that are just focused on muay thai because to really get better at mma you need people that are better than you are at their particular discipline so that way you're going against a striker who's has a lot of great experience in striking to make you better you're going against a grappler that's more um that has a little bit more experience than you and because one of the things about mma is you want to learn to be good in all the areas. And speaking of that, what area do you feel most improved between your last fight and this fight? You're at seven fights amateur, so you're a very experienced amateur at this point. What, what do you feel like is improving the most in your skill set? It's hard to say. My last fight, mm -hmm. um, I was having a real... I wrestled in high school, actually. Uh, I, was, I didn't do very well. I wrestled one year my sophomore year. Um, I decided not to go back my junior year because well, I live in a very small town and there wasn't a lot of support from the uh, my high school community and um, it just got to the point where it wasn't worth it anymore to be on that team. I was better off just boxing and starting to train MMA. That's one of the reasons probably I just switched over completely to MMA, but I wasn't very good at wrestling whenever I first started and um, just working with Darren and Caden and Ethan and them with wrestling, I was I got two takedowns, two really big double leg takedowns my last fight. Um, I was able to gravitate away from where I'm comfortable, which is the judo, which is the throws and I was able mm -hmm. to actually um, work on some leg attacks as well as my wrestling defense my opponent, despite being a five foot ten kickboxer, she decided to um, try to take me down a few times, and I was able to easily stuff those shots and 
reshoot and, you know, all that fun stuff. But my hands as well have gotten a lot better working with Darren, working with Bill Sell, working with my dad, Ray Ross, the owner of the gym, uh, mm. just everything. I felt like all around being well-rounded and kind of dipping my toe in every sport as I went, instead of having a base necessarily, I feel like really helped me in the long run. Cause I'm not, uh, I'm not limited anywhere because mm-hmm. of another sport. Yeah. You don't have the weaknesses that would come from maybe only having one background or one specific focus. And one of the things that's nice about what MMA is doing as, as it's in its 25th year, as far as a professional sport is getting more and more is that people like you, people like Cam from your gym, people like in your age group and down, they're starting to train for MMA from the beginning. You're starting to mix styles right away, realize, hey, this judo throw is great, but we got to watch out for it in an MMA situation in this way, or this wrestling takedown is great, but let's make sure it works for MMA, and vice versa. Same with striking. I always kind of tease Floyd Mayweather, who's obviously one of the best boxers, because his dip head movement would never work in MMA or Muay Thai environment because of the knees, but yet some people think, well, he would be incredible in MMA because his hands are so good. Well, that's such an obvious weakness of a pure boxing. They have some clear strengths too, but it's such an obvious weakness. And that's one of the things that when people are learning boxing to apply it, like you've been saying, to apply it to MMA, they learn right away. Learn boxing that works MMA. Don't learn boxing that will only work in boxing or don't work. Don't learn something that will only work in one particular situation so that's pretty good how is it how is it training alongside or with your dad you mentioned that he owns the gym kind of what's what's his role how that's how has that been for you in your process uh yeah it's it's overall good um sometimes it's hard (laughs) uh living at home with him uh i'm 20 and i go to community college in the area so i'm living at home able to train able to work at the gym so you never get away from it. There's coaching constantly, 24 hours a day. <laughs> it's like it's not like everyone else. You go home and maybe your coach shoots you a text right. message, or you can kind of ignore that. It's, it's all the time. Should you really be eating that? Or you know, now that I think about it, earlier today at sparring, you should have done this. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it though. Like you know, you um, I know that he is looking out for me and always has my best interests. I mean, I'm sure most people's coaches do, but it's just. Um, I just think the bond is a little tighter just because him being my dad. Absolutely. I mean, obviously that's a different, more important relationship than just whether or not you're fighting, you know, your dad's your dad forever. And to have him along to make you make sure that you're getting better. There's obviously a true care and interest because sometimes I think that's, what's great about Gorilla house. Everybody that comes out of there talks about how much, people care and how much it's like a family because there's obviously gyms that aren't like that to become very political and very business-based and fighters feel like they're not being really treated as people. So obviously your dad being the owner and everybody that I brought on because I've had Ethan and you and Cam on the show, I've had Ethan on the show a couple of times. They all talk about how great the community is. So obviously that's a testimony to your dad and to all the fighters. Speaking of that, does your dad corner you or who's in your corner? Uh, my dad and Darren are both my usual corners. Uh, sometimes, if for whatever reason, I had a title fight once in Ohio. I was allowed three corners. And then uh, another time, Darren wasn't able to make it to my fight. So Ethan also cornered me again for that one. Yeah, all all three coaches, though, 
Ethan, Darren, and my dad go above and beyond for everyone. And um, they're just really great people, and that's why they're such successful coaches. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. Those are great names. We we continue to hear them, which is great. And I, I'm excited to have people on the on the show that talk about some of the coaches and some of the gyms that aren't quite yet and probably will be in the future at the next level where people know of them, like some of the other gyms that we think of uh, from the from the UFC. Um, what what type of cornering coaching wise works for you? Are you somebody that needs the uh, you know, kind of the more aggressive, uh, get your head out of your butt, you're doing it wrong type, or are you somebody that looks for it more technically, or are you for somebody that's looking for more encouragement? What do you look for in the corner? Because everybody needs something different in their corner. I'm sure anyone who has been to any of the fights that any of the Gorilla House guys have fought on obviously come up and are like, is Darren a wrestling coach? Is he a wrestling dad? Because you could just hear him scream. <laughs> you could hear it when you watch the videos later. You could just hear his voice. The commentators are like, oh, we have coaching going on before the fight even started. <laughs> like He's loud. He, they they, um, they kind of approach each of us, the fighters, differently. Uh, I really haven't figured out where my um, – I don't tend to get too worked up. Sometimes I – I don't want to say I don't take it seriously enough, but I try to chill mm. myself down too much. And I almost mm. go, I've been competing for a long time. I've been doing jujitsu and judo tournaments since I was eight years old. So the, the competing and being on like in front of everybody, it almost it's, it gets to the point where it's like, it's not crazy. Like it would be if you're doing it for the first time as an adult, it's, it's, um, so I I need to I need to hype myself up a little bit because if I show myself out too much, then I kind of go in there more like it's a sparring match and less of right. oh my god like I got to do this I got to fight, and I don't mm -hmm. tend to turn it on until maybe a round or so in, and then it's like it's too late. And a lot of the times, two of my three losses are pretty much really close split decisions. It could have gone either way if I would have turned it on really earlier in the fight. I would have had it without a doubt. Well, that actually brings to brings to point the fact that you are you have a four and three record, but obviously that's a lot of experience. One of the things with amateur is that you're building that insight. As much as it might be a little frustrating that you don't have two extra wins and only one loss, the reality is you learn from them. You know, I need to push it in the fight. Particularly, these are nine minute fights, three minute rounds, three three minute rounds. Um, Cardio-wise, conditioning-wise, you've been there so many times now. Do you feel like that gives you a comfortability knowing that you can push it maybe more than if you just go in there like it's a spar and you can trust that? I know my, yeah, I know my conditioning. I know my cardio is good. Uh, it's just kind of more like waking up earlier and just mm. not trying to calm myself down, just letting myself feel those emotions and be worked up and not being afraid of that and just like, letting let myself feel alive yeah uh, all the girls i fought really tough i don't take easy fights i don't want i don't want easy fights as an amateur i fought girls who were jazz and jazz divisius tried out for the olympic team in canada a uh, lot of talented kickboxers um girls who have had successful undefeated pro records uh girls fighting out of gyms such as jackson wink um 
I'm, I'm not taking an easy fight. Like, I want the hammers. I want to test myself against whoever says they're the top because I mm-hmm. want to be the top. You know, I don't I don't give two shits what my, my um, Amy record is. You know, I just, I want to mm-hmm. learn from those losses. I feel like if I was taking the super easy fights, and I was getting those really pretty, really flashy first-round wins um, every single fight, and it was just easy. You kind of go in there to your pro, and then you get smashed, and it's like, well, now I have to learn, now I have to grow, versus already kind of being battle-tested. Mm-hmm. And um, I've gotten so much better just because I decided I wanted to push myself and take hard fights. No, not a single person that I have fought um, has a losing record or is not, was, was not good. I'm the only person that didn't fight another fight after me, I believe was Robin Stevenson, my second fight. And she had 10 years kickboxing experience. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how many kickboxing fights she had. She had 10 years experience. The girl I just fought had three titles, three kickboxing titles, three pictures of her with her three belts. You know, she was, I think she was 11 and one or 12 and 0 kickboxer, something like that. You know, even if their MMA records are kind of not deep, they're, they're, they're some tough women. They're not, they're in there, um, working just as hard and they're, they're not people, you know, they're not people you want to mess with. I'm, I'm not taking somebody who, is just doing it for fun or doing it for the Instagram likes, you know, people who actually have mm-hmm. goals in the sport, just like me. We're all fighting to fighting for that spot, fighting to be the top. Yeah. Well, and speaking of the battle test, the battle tested, how battle tested you are because of fighting all these tough girls. You are fighting another tough girl from a big gym, uh, American top team in Orlando, Florida, so obviously a big-name gym. Hannah the Shark Summers, who is 3-2-1, so like you said, a winning record. Um, it, you obviously sound like you've done a lot of research on your opponents, and I think it's wonderful that you know, hey, this person comes in with 10 years' experience of this, and you're, you're not psyching yourself to your mind saying, oh, it's going to be an easy fight. You're telling yourself it's going to be a hard fight. This person has 10 years of experience in, in this or that try out for the Olympics, whatever it is. So what do you kind of know about uh, Anna's, the Shark Summers that the three, two, and one on topology wouldn't, wouldn't show us? Um, I just know she's going to be really tough. And I know she has two kickboxing fights, and she won both of those. So I think I, I think she's a little more comfortable. I don't know a whole lot about her, honestly. I think she's a little more comfortable striking. Uh, you can never assume, though, that that directly translates to not good in other places. Um, I never underestimate anyone. She's going to come in. She's going to be game. She's going to be tough. She's going to be talented. Uh, you know, I've, I've always got that confidence in myself. I just have to tell myself that I could do whatever... I set my mind to do, and if I, if I my mind is right going into the fight, then I put on a good performance. You know, you can't be afraid of anyone or any outcome. You just have to go in there with the mindset that regardless of what happens, I'm just going to give it everything, 
and I'm just going to prepare myself the best I can. It's not so much as stalking to, like, figure out what they're about as much as just, like, preparing myself for what I'm going to see. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really don't have anything. I have a, we, we, my coach just found a 30-second video um, of her knocking some poor girl out, and uh, that's, that's about all we have. And it's, it's an old video, too, so obviously if she's been training since then, has gotten a, a better, doesn't really give. If you looked at a fight from me two years ago, you can go ahead and just you could use that you could use that fight to prepare for a different person. Like it would it wouldn't help you against fighting me today. Well, and, and Sydney, that's exactly why in the amateur MMA you want to constantly be building because it's good for Sydney Ross to not be the same fighter she was two years ago. Because what does that say about you and your coaches? if you're fighting the same tactics, the same strengths and weaknesses that you did two years ago. One of the things that's so cool about MMA, particularly at the amateur level, is the leaps people make. People still make huge changes at the pro level. We've seen people resurrect their careers in the UFC by changing a strategy or by changing coaching or by changing their methods or their training. But more often than not, why I think it's so great for people to come out for Brawl in the Bird 3 at 247 uh, Fighting Championships March 14th is... It's not just for the pro fights and the pro fighters that might launch to the UFC like we've seen uh, Common at Death Star Worthy do. It's, it's also people like you. It, because the big thing about amateurs is you're really seeing them develop into the fighter they will be in the future when you're watching them on TV. And that's really an experience that most MMA fans don't get. Most MMA fans that just watch the UFC or Bellator, when, when, you know, they're just looking at the people at the top, they don't, they don't really get connected to them. And so it's been great um, to watch you. I was cage-sized to see your 247 fight um, in July, and I can't wait to be there in, um, in a couple weeks here now. And, and that's what's really great. What is it like for you to watch those videos of yourself from a couple years ago and see how much you've improved? Uh, half embarrassing, half, uh, it makes me proud of myself. <laughs> Some of the stuff yeah. I watch myself do, I'm like, oh man, what are you doing? But also it's like, I was doing the best I could. I was working hard and I, that was, that was the peak of what I could be at 18 years old. And today going in today, this is the best I can possibly be at 20. I work hard every day. I get better every day. Um, I use all my resources, I think, to the max. I'm just trying to be the absolute best version of Sydney that I can be. Um, I'm trying not to neglect any part. I have a nutritionist. I have a strength and conditioning coach. I have. Um, I do do CrossFit on the side, um, competitions and stuff. You know, I... I travel down to Pittsburgh sometime for extra training. Uh, you know, I'm just, that's just, that's just my attitude towards life too. I'm going to college. I'm, um, I have, I work full time. I'm a personal trainer. You know, I'm just trying to maximize, uh, what I can do. I'm not trying to know, nowhere am I, um, not using what I have. I'm so lucky with the the gym that I have, the training partners I have, the coaches I have. It would almost be it would almost be stupid not to not to take advantage of it and to just be the best that I can physically be. That's just what makes me happy in life is just to 
keep growing, getting better as a person, as a athlete, as a student, as relationships with friends, family, everything. Like I'm always trying to evolve, read, grow, um, you know, anything that needs taken care of with myself, I make sure I do it. Well, that's a really healthy mindset. Obviously, you've got a lot on your plate, but like you're saying, you constantly want to be not just a better fighter, you want to be a better person. That part of the reason why you're fighting and training and working full-time and going to college and reading and learning and doing all this stuff is because, and doing CrossFit on the side, sounds like you have a busy schedule, is because that's how you grow. You grow through challenges. You grow through pushing yourself. You grow through getting outside of the same thing over and over again. You go by... Um, and you're 20, and this is this is the type of attitude and mindset you can develop for the rest of your life. And that's one of the things that I think is so sometimes problematic about some fighters or any professional athlete, for that matter, where they do not have um, anything outside of their athlete or outside of their sport. Um, and then that ends up becoming problematic to them when they can't do their sport or problematic when they think that all they are is that sport or that performance. And so you, you, found, you sound very well-rounded, not just in your fight, which I think is very important, right? You can do everything from, like you said, brown belt, Brazilian jiu-jitsu to striking to the wrestling now and all the judo and all the stuff in between, but also as you are as a person. So that's, that's fantastic. It's so exciting to hear who you are as a person. What's your major in college? You've mentioned it a couple times that you're going to community college. I'm a business major with a minor in nutrition. Ah, and does that tie into the fact that you're already a personal trainer? Is that part of that goal? Yeah, um, for a personal trainer, I could have done kinesiology and uh, probably learned more about what I already do. There's um, other certifications. I'm always learning how to be a better personal trainer, how to um, better serve my clients and, you know, help other people be better. Because no one wants to be unhealthy. It's just a horrible way to live your life in pain and sick. Uh, but I decided to go more the business route because I would like to eventually take over Gorilla House Gym. Mm. Sure, that's a great that's a great goal to have, and it's it sounds like you're well in the way of challenging yourself. And growing, obviously, adding to your business ability will help to that, seeing the support that you have, and also the fact that you're ambitious. Part of being a fighter is challenging yourself, and not just in the cage, but outside of it. And I believe I've just talked to the future owner and manager of Gorilla House, Jim Down the Road, whenever that happens to be, obviously, and how exciting that is for you to not only come up in the sport, of course, but also... We need more people that are connected to um, training the right way and helping people develop the right way. And you're from Altoona. Like you said, you're a little town and to develop talent out of people that otherwise might not have the opportunity and, and might not have the training afforded to them is just a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful thing for you. And right now your dad's doing it. It's a beautiful thing for you guys at Gorilla House um, to do. Um, Anything else you want to share? What's on your mind in the, in the next, I guess, two weeks? We're right around two weeks out. What's kind of your mindset now? And then if you have any people you want to thank, you've already mentioned a bunch of your trainers, but I just want to give you the opportunity to thank anybody more if you have. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to putting on a, a good fight uh, with Hannah coming here in the next two weeks. I think we're going to 
put on a really good, entertaining fight for everyone. Really high level, uh, showcase some really high level skills. And uh, just want to shout out my my strength and conditioning coach, uh, Jeremy Claypool. Um, uh, I got Darren. I got my dad, Ethan, um, my mother, some of my other coaches, uh, Bill, Tommy. Thanks for coming on the show today, Sydney. You've been listening to Sydney the Blonde Demon Ross. Thanks so much, Sydney. Thank you.